natural. Natural. Nitro fans, we are back at it again, episode number seven with Nitro Mud. I'm your host, the Cowboy Brandon Krieger. As always, with me is the Mad Piper, Sean Van Assing. Hey, Sean, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How you doing? I am doing great, man. I am just ecstatic we're getting this thing going here with the podcast and Everything else we got going on for Nitro Muds coming along great. Uh, still hoping to launch the t-shirt line here by, I'm hoping by January I have everything designed and, and ready to go for our Nitro Mud t-shirts to help support the podcast. That'd be nice. That's that's sweet. But what? how many episodes are we up to now already? Uh, this is episode number seven. Wow. Doesn't seem like that. No, it doesn't, but, you know, when you're having fun, it never seems like it's that long. That's true. You, if, you're, yeah. if you like your job, you never work a day in your life. That's right. And uh, we, we've been, I mean, everything's been so hectic. You know, a couple weeks ago, we finished up the uh, AMA Hill Climb Championship. Uh, Naha finished up. I mean, we're done hill climbing for the year, so there's not a whole lot of new news to talk to talk about. Uh but we're going to go on. We want to get, you know, our national champions. We still have our Hampshire national champions to get going. Uh, so we got a lot of work ahead of us in the next couple of weeks to keep podcasts going out and plenty of interviews. So there's plenty of content for the fans to keep on listening to. Yeah, we want to keep them up to date on what's going on. And they want to hear from uh, some of the top names and some of the riders. Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. And, you know, last week in episode six, we heard from the 450 and premier class champion, uh, Logan Sapala, which, you know, congratulations again to Logan for that. Uh, this week, we're going to hear from the premier class. Uh, yeah, not the premier, the twins class national champion, the inaugural national champion, and a person who's also not a regular on the AMA Hill Climb circuit. Uh, we had a Midwest guy come out and take a championship. So, I mean, that was pretty cool to see some fresh blood in, in the sport here on the East Coast. Yeah, it was it was neat to see some fresh blood and see some new talent. Uh, I didn't personally get to talk to, to Tyler, but um, from what it sounds like, he had a lot of fun. His dad said that they they liked, liked the series, liked coming out. I mean, the White Rose, they had a blast. Uh, you know, they're from all the way from Billings. So, it's a, it's a long haul to come all the way out here and, come out and race with us, but it was great having them out here and they seem to have a lot of fun and the proof is in the pudding, as they would say. Yeah, for sure. He had a, a great season in the silly season there to be the inaugural class champion. And I'm sure it's something that he didn't expect to happen, you know, never racing on the East coast before. But I think it's uh, definitely really cool. We got some, some fresh blood in the, in the ranks and maybe more people from out that way will show up next year and the series will keep growing and rider participation will go up. Yeah. Um, I hope so too. Um, now, like I said, the, he, he seemed like he had a lot of fun and um, the more the merrier, you know, we're all one big happy family or dysfunctional happy family. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you were right the first time. One big happy family. Everybody gets along. It really doesn't matter where you're from. You're a hill climber. You're you're part of the family. It doesn't matter if you're an AMA guy on the East Coast, a Naha guy on the West Coast, a Rockwell guy in the Midwest, you know, an amateur, a club racer. It really doesn't matter. You're a hill climber. You're family, and that's what the great thing about our sport is. Yeah, we all ride. We all ride together. We all uh, we all help each other out. You know, if you ride two wheels, we're all family. Heck yeah, that's right. Now, before we uh, we get Tyler on, which uh, let everybody know, our episode with Tyler, uh, the interview was pre-recorded, and Mad Piper had some previous engagements and wasn't able to participate in the interview with Tyler. So 
when he gets to hear this episode, everything it said is going to be all brand new to him. So I have to try and cut out all the bad stuff we said about him. Yeah, yeah it's all good. <laughs> I'm, intrigued yeah. see, I'm intrigued to see how he uh, how he liked the series, how he liked the people, <clears throat> how he felt about our hills compared to the hills he's used to running out Midwest and West Coast. Yeah, he had a, he had a really good insight on it. Um, same as Logan did last week. So it's really cool to get to see and talk to writers that have written on the other series and how how it compares. So I, I think you'll enjoy Tyler's interview when it come, when we get to it here in a minute. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to enjoy. It. I enjoy every time we do this. So I like hearing from all all the uh, all the other writers and hear what their stories are, that stir stories and what they have to say. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I love this. I really was apprehensive when I first started this, not thinking that we were going to get very far with nitro mud or, you know, my ADD would kick in and I'd get bored with it, but it's really keeping me intrigued getting to talk to everybody and talk about hill climbing, which is hell it's the best thing in the world to me to talk about hill climbing since i don't race anymore i just talk about it now yeah it's definitely fun i gotta learn a little bit more about speech because i uh i'll um trip over my own two my own two feet but nah you're doing you're doing good with the speech you know it's something that the more you do it comes with and even me i i trip over words and get ahead of myself when i'm talking so it it happens we're all nobody's perfect. We're all human. Yeah, that's true. So before we get uh, bring up and cue in the interview with Tyler, uh, once again, without the help from Schaefer's Motorsports and Schaefer's Harley Davidson, uh, we wouldn't have uh, the Nitro Mud podcast. So all our fans, all our listeners, go out, give them a like, give them some support, uh, props, tell them how much you enjoy what they do for the motorcycling community and that, you know, they're a main contributor in bringing the Nitro Mud podcast to the masses. So everybody, please support the people over there, Chaffer's Harley-Davidson and Chaffer's Motorsports. Yeah, if you're local and you're looking for some parts for your motorcycle or your uh, dirt bike, just stop by and I'm sure they can get everything you need. Yeah, I'm they, they – can get they have KTM's, but I'm sure they can get whatever you whatever you need some way or another. They can find a way to get it for you and get you on a brand new KTM dirt bike or street bike or onto a Harley Davidson or if three wheels is your pleasure, they have the Polaris Spiders, so can't forget or Can Am Spiders, sorry, not Polaris Spiders, Can Am Spiders, they're Can Am dealer. And they can't am, they yeah. can't am spiders. So the, I mean, those things are uh, pretty cool little machines. Plus, they can't am side by sides. They have a little bit of everything for every type of rider out there. So, and they're more than willing to help you and join you into their family. Yeah, two, three, or four wheels. That's right. They got it all, buddy. Yeah, dirt or street. <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, Let's cue up that interview with our 2020 inaugural Twins Class National Champion from Billings, Montana, Tyler Ticat Cardwell. All right, Tyler Cardwell, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing really good. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. I've seen you get a little white stuff out there in Montana, huh? Yeah, um, fortunately it's already snowing here, um, but hopefully it'll clear up and maybe get some more riding in before uh, it's here for good. Yeah, well, I mean, if it don't, you guys got snowmobiles to ride out there, don't you? <laughs> yep, snowmobiles, snow bikes, a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, Montana, that's a... Uh, I've never been out there. It looks like a beautiful place to be, but at, from a little bit I see, it's like, what do you do out in Montana other than ride motorcycles and snowmobiles? Uh, that's that's pretty pretty accurate. There's not there's not a whole lot to do. Not a you know I'm from the biggest city in Montana, which is Billings, and there's there's a few things here and there to do, but it's uh, not really a whole lot to do besides 
ride and I do a little bit of snowboarding in the winter as well too, but that's about it. Yeah, all right. Well, you made the trek over to the East Coast and do the AMA stuff this year for the uh, shortened season. Now, were you planning on doing the full season anyway, or you just decided to do it with a shortened schedule? Um, no, I wasn't at all. Actually, kind of what ended up happening was uh, Dave Perigo, um sent me a message, and he's like, he asked me if I wanted to go out to Pennsylvania. And uh, I'd been kind of thinking about, you know, maybe trying to do that, but it was pretty tough. You know, Pennsylvania is a long ways away, and I wasn't really sure how I'd make it happen. Um, but thankfully, Dave Perigo sent me the message and asked me if I wanted to go, and he said I could ride his bikes, and it was kind of game on from there. Um, my dad ended up taking my uh, V-Twin class bike, my KTM 1190, uh, over to Dave's house, and then him and Dave made the trek out to Pennsylvania, and I flew in and rode. Cool. Yeah, flying's the way to go, and you got someone haul the bikes for you, man. That's the that's the way to do it. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> and it, it helped with my work schedule, too, you know, not being able to get off. So um, definitely made it a lot easier. So I can't thank those guys enough. And Well, I mean, you came out, and there was, you know, two hill climbs we ran, but they scored – six rounds worth of points in those rounds and uh you came out with the twins class championship so i mean i had to feel pretty cool to come out to the east coast and score a championship in the first year out on it uh yeah that was i mean that was amazing i'm still kind of in shock um with it being uh you know only two hill climbs with six rounds basically um being scored so every rant you made uh counted for points and that was that was that was definitely difficult um, cause I knew coming into it that you'd have to be consistent. You'd have to do well every single ride. And, um, that's kind of, you know, what I, what I aim for. I knew, you know, you can't crash, you can't, you know, try and minimize bike problems. A lot of times that's how you control. Um, but I, you know, we, we stayed consistent all year and we were right there in points in all three classes. Um, I ended up getting second in the 450 and third in the premier as well. Um, and I think a lot of it just was due to my consistency. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You had a good, consistent uh, go at it here. Now, what do, how do the uh, East Coast Hills you got to see differ from, you know, what you ride? I know you ride at uh, Billings Motorcycle Club oh, probably every day, but how does that compare to the hills out there? Oh, yeah, it's a uh, totally different thing, um, you know, riding it, you know, and even just the West Coast Series, too. I also ride, you know, Naha and Rockwell, as well as the Moto Climb Super Series. Um they're, they're a lot different hills for sure. A lot more turning, a lot more technical. Um, they like to dig walls into the top of the hill that you have to go over, you know, six, eight foot tall. Um, so it's definitely a completely different style when you go to the East Coast and there's kind of more of those fast-paced hills where it's all about going, you know, fast in a straight line and uh, whether there's breakers or jumps in the hill to kind of make it a little bit more technical. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up on the East Coast, never had a chance to ride out on the West, but I know out here, yeah, it's definitely all about, you know, going as fast as you possibly can on a hill climb bike, and it, it's definitely a, a different animal, and uh, how do you, do you like the just going fast and the blitz pace, or do you like that technical stuff that we have out West? Um, well, so my kind of background, I grew up racing motocross, um, and that's really where I came from. Um, you know, I raced amateur motocross growing up from, you know, the time I was three years old. And uh, we, we would do a few, you know, hill climbs as far as like trophy classes and stuff out at the Billings Motorcycle Club growing up, my brothers and I. And um, we never really made the jump into hill climbing until about 2011 is when we really got serious about it. Um, and that's really the thing that got us into hill climbing like that was the hill climbs out west they kind of start started turning more into uphill motocross tracks um to where there's a lot of jumps and corners and that really you know that growing up racing motocross definitely helped us a lot with hill climbing and then going out east um it's all about you know going really fast so um my bikes they weren't really set up for that but thankfully uh dave perigo let me um you know borrow his nitro bike uh that 710 yamaha and that thing was a blast ride um but i i kind of like i like both um i i think i'm more favored towards the technical um kind of out west hills 
I just like the jumps and the corners, and it kind of really makes you shine your rider ability. Um, route east, it's it's all about horsepower for sure. Yeah, well, with some of the hills, and I know this Saturday round at uh, Dayton, that was uh, definitely different. It was tricky for the guys on the high horsepower nitro bikes, but from the little bit I got to watch, it seemed like that suited you pretty well. It looked like uh, you were quite at home on that rough little cow pasture they had there on the side of the hill they ran Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, uh, that was a blast. Um, it was really rough, and it didn't, it didn't, you know, watching it in videos didn't do it justice. Um, you're getting kicked all over the place, and it was also the the traction was uh, pretty poor, actually. It was, uh, like, rock hard, so it was really hard, um, where if you got, you know, kicked or a bad bounce to where you'd just start spinning. Um, but thankfully, you know, my bikes, they were kind of set up to, you know, run on that, that type of... Uh, type of hill to where it was you know a little bit more more bouncing working with suspension a little bit and also i think you know the length of our extensions too played a big difference um, yeah and it worked really well yeah it really looked like it worked really well for you now you probably found it was probably easier on your your twins bike being set up for that kind of terrain than it was running the um the nitro yamaha on that rough terrain uh, yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, I had my, my twins bike set up pretty short, um, but with that nitro bike, it has a lot of power. Um, but it, it wasn't that bad because um, if, I don't know if you know much about that bike, but it, it used to be Jason Smith's old bike, and yeah, it, it he rode that out west for a long time. So uh, it was set up pretty well for kind of the rough stuff as well, uh, but definitely a big adjustment. I'd never ridden a nitro bike until I showed up in Pennsylvania, and Never got to do a burnout on it or anything. My first ride on a nitro bike was straight up the hill, so it was pretty wild. Yeah, that is pretty wild. That was actually my next question: is that that was your first taste of a, of a fuel bike? Ah, uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'm definitely hooked. Uh, it's it's crazy. Just the power being there, just instant was. Um, it's something totally different. Um, but that bike, it's it handled really well and. Had a, had a lot of power. Um, I think it was definitely lacking compared to, you know, like the four cylinders, like the R1s and the CBRs. Um, I don't think it had quite as much power as those, but uh, it definitely had way more torque, um, which is useful for kind of when you get more into the rougher stuff or shorter hills and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the those twins like that, like, you know, the team I work for run the Triumphs and stuff, they were great on the shorter hills and we need that quick burst, but you get a hill like, well, the devil's staircase where you need to stretch your legs and four cylinders kind of eat the twins up there, especially the big nitro four cylinders. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and I, I noticed that too. Uh, I, I tried hitting that, the, the big double, uh, the famous, you know, double at devil's staircase. And, uh, my first run, I, I, uh, jumped a little bit too much off the first breaker and I, I still went for it and man, I came up short. It did not feel good at all. <laughs> uh, but the second run, we made a little bit of adjustment to the gearing, gave it a little bit more, you know, top speed. And, um, I didn't quite clear it the second run either. Um, I kind of went 12 o'clock into it, landed straight on my back wheel, straight up and down. And I was pretty surprised because the bike set down actually really nicely and it was actually pretty smooth from there. I just wasn't, you know, I was expecting to crash pretty much at that point, but uh, it all worked out pretty well. Yeah, that I mean, that's good. It worked out. Now, how'd you end up on Sunday? Because I actually didn't get to see the scores from Sunday too much. Uh, yeah, on Sunday, I ended up uh, fifth place in the Premier class on that Nitro bike. Okay. So it wasn't bad at all. Yeah, and you, I guess, did you take a win on Sunday or just one on Saturday? I and, took the win. The twins. Yeah, I took the win on uh, on Sunday. Okay. It's class. Yeah, I knew you got one of the wins out of those four rounds on out there, but I wasn't sure which day. Yep, it was the the second round in the <clears> twins <throat> class for the day. So, and it ended up being fast time of the day for the twins class. So, I ended up getting the, kind of the overall hill climb win, as well as the round win for points, and uh, that really helped me out because at the end of it, points, you know, they came up pretty close. Um, with Logan Sapala, it was unfortunate for him because he was leading points coming into it, but uh, having some bike issues ended up allowing me to be, you know, right there. I was right there for points. And I ended up getting the win for the championship, which is amazing. Yeah, that that is pretty amazing. We I spoke with Logan earlier in the week and did a 
segment with him, and you know, he was kind of bummed about that. He was hoping to get all well. He was figuring he would hoping to get the twins class win, and like he was a surprise he got the premier class championship. So, but yeah, he had some bad luck there on Sunday, but it worked out in your favor though. Yeah, that's for sure, and you know that's that's the huge thing that's about um, you know with scoring every run with a short season like that, you know every every ride counts. So, um, like I said, you know that was my goal is to be as consistent as possible and be you know right there. And by the end of it, you know if things worked out in our favor, you know, we had some good rides, uh, we'd be able to maybe sneak in the championship. Yeah, for sure. Now you said you got the overall win on the twins on. Sunday. Now, how did that, uh, how was that payday for the twins? I know the pay structure is a little different now with the three classes, but that's probably a pretty decent payday yet, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was really great. Um, I think they pay the premier class a little bit more. Um, and then the twins is, is, you know, not too much different, but, uh, it was great pay. I was, I was really surprised. Um, you know, we we go to like the hill climb like Pokes Hole um, because they have such a big crowd and they're allowed you know such a huge purse. Um, it makes it a little bit easier to travel all that distance. And I wasn't really sure how all the AMA uh, hill climbs paid out, um, but it's it's definitely better than most hill climbs I've been to for sure. Yeah, I, I, most hill climbs AMA stuff it all pays out the same, and they try to make it if there's a good enough crowd, it's usually a decent payday like. Uh, Devil Staircase usually really good payday. Um, Pokes Hole always great payday. Like they do an amazing job bringing people in there and getting riders in and putting on a great show and paying the guys well for showing up. So, but Dayton's pretty close in pay to Pokes Hole as far as you know what you get in percentage wise. Yeah, that's for sure. It's a very very similar payout to Pokes Hole. Now, do you enjoy riding up a Pokes Hole? I do. Uh, Pokes Hole, it's it's fun. It's always that one-off uh, hill climb, and it's always um, for kind of the West Coast riders. Uh, it's it's kind of like the the big famous hill climb, and I I think that's all you know all across the U.S. Um, it's just yeah. such a big event and very prestigious, and it's it's a tough hill. Um, it's very rare to see you know more than five guys go over the hill, and um, I've been you know fortunate enough and to be able to crown that hill a couple times and uh, it's it's an awesome feeling it's uh definitely a lot more technical um with kind of the ledges in it and then just the sheer steepness of it but then there's also the factor of uh just how deep and sandy it is um it really pulls the power out of the bikes and you know if you had something like a big uh nitro four cylinder to help you stay on top of that sand it i think it'd make a big difference yeah, it does. And when they moved it over to that right side, it just it got really tricky. I remember when it was on the AMA circuit, they ran the left side where they run the verticross. And that was I mean, you were you were moving through that section over there on the on the nitro bikes. Yeah. Um <clears throat> we've done that and I've actually kind of ridden on partially the left side for King of the Hill once. Um, where we kind of went up most of that left side, and then at the very top, we kind of veered off right to kind of hit the big wall at the top, and that was a blast to really, you know, open up the big bike and go fast. That was it was a lot of fun, but I can't imagine uh, doing the entire Verticross Hill on a on an open bike. Uh, we 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 were never there um, to witness that, my brothers and I, um, but I can't imagine it. So. Yeah, the the speeds you get up there, and I mean, you sure you've seen the hill climb havoc video and stuff. It has that when we ran that right side, and just that jump, you're jumping, you know, seventy five, eighty feet up that steep section of the hill off that big jump. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, kind of the restrictions they have, you know, for running it for bird across is they don't want anyone jumping that, just liability of someone landing on someone. And I'm totally for that for the safety, but yeah, I couldn't imagine. <clears throat> wide open off that yeah it, it was it was sick but yeah the, the verticross i see they don't want you know two guys going side by side and jumping and someone landed on somebody that wouldn't be good no, not at all now uh do you enjoy doing the verticross stuff i know some guys really love it and other guys are like they don't like it they don't like they getting pelted with stuff and oh i'm know, a- all that 
<laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the motocross. Like I said, uh, and I think it's just the motocross background, something about lining up on the gate next to someone, and um, it's really just all out, going as fast as you can, and uh, trying to stay smooth and get in front of the in front of the other person. It's uh, kind of takes the competition up a step for me, and uh, it's really fun. Yeah, no, I enjoy watching the motocross. That was something that came about after I quit riding, so. I can't say if I would have liked doing it or not. I probably would have. I'd like racing head-to-head on, you know, the old dirt track days and stuff, but a little different on a hill climber, especially, you know, with paddle tires and stuff at some events. I know out west you guys are limited to knobbies on verticross for the most part, aren't you? Uh, kind of. It really depends on the hill climb. Um, some series limit you to just knobby tires, uh, but... Um, a lot of the NAHA ones, you can run paddle tires unless you're starting on like the metal grading, um, and they do that at places like uh, like Sunnyside, Washington, where they have the the freestyle ramps where you actually jump up on the hill. You're starting on metal grading, basically expanded metal, and uh, you have about a thirty forty foot run into a, some freestyle ramps, and that's that's just crazy. A lot that's, of fun. That's a pretty crazy taking an extended bike off a freestyle ramp. Yeah, it's uh, the the ramps. I think they were specially built. Um, you know, as far as the angle goes, the it's it really doesn't feel that bad. Um, but I mean, if you're not used to jumping and that kind of stuff, uh, I've had a lot of experience with freestyle ramps. Uh, my good buddy Austin Tyler that lives here in Billings, he uh, had a freestyle ramp at his house that we'd play on all the time. Um, but it's 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 a little bit different, but it, it it's not as bad as you think it'd be. Yeah, that's something I never got to hit a hit a metal ramp or anything like that. I know I down at McCutcheon's house a couple of times, and he tried to get me to do it, and I chickened out. I'm I'm too big to fly a dirt bike that far. They won't. It, it'll break, man. I I just can't. I, I'm not the right size for flying through the air too much. <laughs> yeah, the the nice thing about freestyle ramps is they're they're so consistent. It's it's a perfect you know takeoff that never changes. Um, so that's the kind of nice thing and the appeal to them where as a dirt takeoff, you know, can wear down and cause problems. Yeah, for sure. Now, you guys said you've been like 2011 is pretty much when you got into hill climbing big. Now, did you start uh, traveling like the Naha stuff then or you just do the, you know, the billing stuff and the Midwest stuff before you hit the Naha series? Uh, 2011 is when we started kind of hitting the Naha series. Um, I would say probably 2010, 2009 is when my brother started racing kind of just some of the local stuff, the stuff in Billings. Um, but then 2011 was when I was old enough to become pro. And, uh, so we kind of, with all three of us racing, we decided to try and go for some of the series. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, you guys was just you and your brothers and your dad traveling or? I mean, how do you guys go to races? Who all goes with you? Uh, yeah, for the most part, it's it's us four. Um, sometimes we have a lot of family, so a lot of the closer hill climbs, like in you know Billings and Montana, we'll have a lot of our family out there lending a hand however they can. But uh, for out-of-state stuff, it's pretty much just us four, my two brothers, Austin and Sean, and my, my dad, Tom, uh, just making the trek out there and having fun. I bet you guys have a lot of fun on the road. Any cool stories from traveling on the road? Anybody get left behind at a at a truck stop or anything like that? Uh, not that I can remember. I don't think anyone's been left behind. Uh, we've probably definitely thought about leaving each other behind, but uh, <laughs> never happened. Just um, kind of the usual stuff, breaking down in the middle of nowhere and trying to figure out how to get your way out of it. Uh, yeah, now what's the... Uh, What's traveling like, like going to California from Montana? Like, what all, how do you guys go? Do you drop south and go over, or do you stay north and then cut down through northern Cali, or how do you guys go? Uh, yeah, generally we'll uh, kind of drop south. Um, so we'll pretty much go over towards Idaho, kind of West Yellowstone, that area, and then start going south from there. Um, go down through Idaho, um, then into like Nevada, and then go across from there. Um, like through like Donner Pass. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of have a lot of nothingness to look at on the drives, huh? <laughs> That's for sure. 
in a whole lot south you go yeah yeah well i mean montana idaho there's pretty much nothing to look at out driving out that way and then you get nevada that's just desert (laughs) yeah depending on the areas um montana like northern like northwestern i guess is probably like the the really pretty part of the state and even kind of south kind of by west yellowstone is pretty pretty cool as well but uh after that, there's there's not much at all, and most of Montana isn't much to look at either, uh, especially kind of more on the east side of the state uh, where we live here in Billings, kind of flat rolling plains. and Yeah, but, I mean, that'd be, that'd be kind of nice, you know, when you guys all kinds of places to ride. I mean, everything's flat. There's no trees. You don't cut nothing down. And you just ride somewhere, and there's nothing in your way. Yeah, for sure. Um the Billings Motorcycle Club is is awesome. They have a ton of land out there, and uh, it has a little bit of everything. We have a motocross track, supercross track, flat track, sand drags, and then all the hill climbing you could want, as well as uh, quite a few trails that kind of sprawl out through the property. Yeah, definitely. Like I uh, watched some videos and stuff from the races out there. Like I would love to get out there to Billings and just ride around or not even ride on that hill because, you know, it's the oldest hill climbing venue in the country right now. Yeah, the Billings Motorcycle Club, uh, they just had the, the Great American Hill Climb. It was their 102nd year this year, which was just wild to think of. Uh, they've been hill climbing for so long. Um, yeah, but that's, that's always a huge one. I love, love doing that, especially because we have, you know, all the family and everyone there to support us. Yeah, for sure. I always wanted to get out to that one. That was always one that, you know, here in the East Coast before, you know, the days of the Internet and being able to watch videos, everybody everywhere, you know, only ever got to see, you know, Peterson's or Lenny Brought McGrath and the the magazine coverages from Billings Motorcycle Club and the Great American Hill Climb. And that was all us here in the East Coast really ever got to know about what was going on out there. And yeah. from that, that, I was like, man, I just a wicked hill. I'd love to go out there and ride it, but don't want to trash my shit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a technical <laughs> one. It's really steep, and uh, just like any hill climb, though, you know, videos really just don't do it justice. It's definitely something you'll have to get out and experience. Yeah, for sure. Videos and all the cool stuff you have on YouTube now doesn't do the sport any justice. Do you get there and? see the actual hill and just see how fast the bikes are actually climbing these hills. Yeah. Even with it being, you know, such a technical hill and, uh, you know, really steep and really tall, it's, you know, over 500 foot tall and we're still getting, you know, times in the nine, 10 second range, which is pretty amazing for for such a technical hill too. Yeah. And they, they've changed it up before. I mean, it always was technical with that big shoot at the top and the steepness, but now they got, you know, turning and going across it and all kinds of different ways you guys run on that cliff face out there now. Yeah, they actually, a few years ago, they took an excavator off the top of that, uh, off the top of the hill and started digging the shootout to make it wider. And that was mostly to allow for, you know, verticross for racing side by side up it. And uh, it really changed the hill a lot. Um, give you a lot, you know, wider area up top, but uh, usually with the hill markings, they try to make it light, nice and narrow to take you where they want it. Yeah, no, it, it definitely looks like a cool event. And, I mean, I was kind of excited this year. They were going to do like a shootout race there or something in October with the top 10 from all the series or something like that they were going to try and do. Is that right? Yeah, uh, they were planning on taking, you know, a lot of people – um, I believe you're right, 10 people from AMA, 10 people from Rockwell, 10 people from Naha, and uh, just letting everyone, you know, race together, allowing Nitro and everything, and uh, I was really excited for it, um, just for, you know, everyone to experience uh, such a cool hill, as well as, you know, all the most competitive guys, you know, in the whole U.S., they're racing, uh, but unfortunately, COVID, you know, it struck down a lot of sports this year, and climbing you know it was no different yeah hill climbing is no different i mean we got somehow they naha was able to get all their stuff out and did you get to all the naha rounds this year i did not um 
they pretty much had two hill climbs as well. Um, and they, uh, they did kind of a similar thing where they did two rounds at each hill climb. Um, so one of them was in Columbus, Montana, and we made it there. I raced there um, and had pretty good results. I was sitting top five in, in all three classes. Um, but unfortunately, I never made it to their uh, the next round, which was in Idaho. Um, it was kind of a last-minute thing, trying to find a county to allow them to race there. Because um, normally they race at the Big Nasty, which is another super fun hill, really deep sand uh, with some cool ledges in it. Uh, but unfortunately, they couldn't race there. Um, but I ended up not going there because it was the same weekend as the round in Pennsylvania, the AMA. And uh, after talking with Dave, I decided to do that instead. Yeah, I think you made made a choice. You got to, you know, experience something a little bit different. But And the videos I saw from that Idaho hill climb, that was a straight-up old-school Widowmaker-looking run they had there going on. Yeah, that's for sure. It's just super rough and uh, a lot of sagebrush. Definitely takes me back to the days of racing at Widowmaker. <laughs> and you got the you ever you got to race at Widowmaker? Well, uh, the, yeah. the new the new Widowmaker now. I guess the old one's been gone for years. But yeah, I, I had the chance to race at the newer Widowmaker. Um, I raced there for two years on the 450 class, um, and then I was finally old enough to race the big bike the last year they had it. And that's right, right after we got done building my my KTM 1190 uh, that I ra- that I've been racing since, and uh, <laughs> that was that was a crazy experience. Um, that hill is just insane. I made it pretty far up the big hill for the 701 Open class. Uh, I made it, I think, right around 700 feet. But uh, you're just going fast, and you see sagebrush the size of trees just flying past you, and. <laughs> The other thing is just super deep ruts. Actually, that's what uh what got me is I fell into a rut about four feet deep and uh got stuck. Oh wow! Now those like just rain washes that they are, or are they just from the other bikes, or what? What's those big ruts from? I I believe so. I believe it was kind of a combination of maybe people making ruts uh, from riding on the hill because they ran that hill for um, a little over ten years. I want to say it was thirteen to be exact. Um, but I think the compound of, you know, people digging ruts in it from riding as well as, you know, the rain really washing it out. Yeah, the erosion, they don't they don't take care of the ruts after the race. They just kind of let it go and it gets worse and worse. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that's kind of one of the big differences. West Coast uh, versus East Coast is uh, it's not a fully groomed hill. It's, you know, they might, you know, groom some parts of the hill by, you know, putting jumps in and digging in ledges but for the most part it's it's rough yeah it's it's natural terrain yeah even the naha they do do the especially they like putting the tabletops and doubles and turns at the bottom of them and some big doubles and stuff and then you run into a natural terrain i know that's how the columbus hill is anyway and a lot of the other videos i've seen that's how they like to set their hills up like a motocross track at the bottom and then a old school hill climb at the top yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of right up our alley. That's why uh, we really got into hill climbing is because of like those jumps and the turns um, from coming from motocross. You know, we grew up watching hill climbs out at the motorcycle club uh, for a long time, but uh, just going being able to see that was uh, really cool. And once they started transitioning more towards the motocross style, we we figured out that uh, our strength in motocross really helped out with hill climbing. Oh, yeah, for sure. It does. And that's how, like, I've been talking with some other people and stuff. When we do this, it's, you know, guys like you come with a motocross background or able to do more things on hill climber, hill climb bikes than some of the older school hill climbers that only ever hill climbed. You know, like guys like, you know, Jeff Thomas or any of them old guys like that, even Kerry Peterson, you know, he was just a hill climber and he did amazing things on a bike, but. Now these you guys coming out with your motocross background are doing even more amazing things than any of the old old timers ever did. Yeah, and there's I mean there's definitely a lot of credit to the old timers for sure. Um, I think their hills were a lot more rough than ours are currently. Uh, but uh, going into it, you know, there's still a lot of them. You know, like one guy that comes to mind is Travis Whitlock. Yeah, um, for sure. He, he grew up racing motocross, but. Uh, 
you know, he's still doing really well on a lot of the current hills that are adding all these jumps and corners, and um, it's really cool to see. Yeah, he definitely has adapted well, and I I don't ever see – I don't foresee him stopping anytime soon because he's still competitive, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, he's definitely still competitive. <laughs> <laughs> now we get in like uh, – we were talking with <clears> – <throat> Uh, Logan, about the uh, snow hill climb stuff, you got to run that the second, well, both years, didn't you? I only got to ride it the second year. Um, okay. My middle brother, Austin, he rode it both years. And then uh, all three of us were invited the uh, the second year. Um, but Sean it was, was just coming off uh, ACL surgery from Pogue's Hole, and so he, he decided he probably shouldn't. Um, just you know, to save his knee, I guess for, yeah. for his whole future out of him. <laughs> yeah, but, for sure. Uh, that was that was an amazing experience. Um, I've definitely never felt more out of place in my life, though. <laughs> you know, being that, that's, this that's hillbilly exactly. hill climber from Montana <laughs> <laughs> up there with you know Olympic medalists and skiing and snowboarding, but uh, it was such a cool experience. They treated us all the same, and uh, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. That looks like really fun. I kind of wish they would still be uh, doing that. It was a really cool thing for the sport and got us uh, some exposure we normally wouldn't have gotten. Yeah, definitely a lot of huge exposure. And uh, I think it's, you know, really helped kind of spark. You know, I, I can see hill climbing's becoming, you know, bigger and bigger um, as far as like OEM sponsors and just general sponsors really starting to step up and realize, you know, what, what hill climbing is and um, how cool it can be and how great of a, you know, entertainment it is as well. And um, that, uh, the snow hill climb was, it was a lot of fun. I actually ended up like qualifying third, I think. Um, so I had lane choice throughout most of the time and uh, actually ended up having to race my brother. Which was, which was tough because he ended up beating me. And uh, I don't know if you have any brothers or anything, but the rivalry between us is uh, definitely there. Yeah, I do. I have I have five older brothers, but I'm so far behind them. We never, I never got to have much of a sibling rivalry with them because the closest one to me is nine years older than me. So, I gotcha. But yeah, I noticed like growing up with brothers and stuff. So, wasn't quite the same. You guys are all pretty close in age, I take it. Yeah, yeah, we're all within. Uh, me and Austin are really close. We're only about a year and a half apart, uh, and Sean's just a couple years older than that. So, uh, there's definitely a huge rivalry between us, and <laughs> I, I think it's good because we we push each other. And um, Austin, he was you know really looking forward to hill climbing this year, but. He's been uh, stuck in Canada for the last uh, probably seven, eight months now. Yeah, that's, that's got to suck. Can't travel oh. across the border and stuff. Yeah, so unfortunately he wasn't able to make any hill climbs this year, but uh, he was giving me a phone call at every single hill climb trying to help me out. You know, with the cool thing with TNA Media, you know, live streaming a lot of our events this year was he was still able to watch and, you know, try and give me some tips and tell me to go faster next time yeah yeah for sure that that's really cool with tna with them getting what they got adam and tamara uh the photos they give from the events and the live stream it's it's great when they have seller service i mean i love watching the races when i can't get to them yeah that's for sure i mean i was real bummed i couldn't make out to a devil staircase but had stuff happen couldn't make that trip and it's not even that far of a trip for me, really. But had to stay home and watch the live stream. Was a little bit frustrated with the, you know, cutting in and out. But I kind of figured that's what they'd have down there because I know cell reception sucks down in that valley. Yeah, I think uh, they're not being very good cell reception to start with, and then cramming. I don't even know how many spectators. Probably close to ten thousand in there. You know, really hogging up all the cell reception. Uh, Definitely made it a tough obstacle for them, um, but maybe they can get you know internet sponsor in there next year to help them out with that. Yeah, that'd be really cool if they could do something like that. Now speaking of that, all the people crammed in that little valley down there, Devil Staircase. Which, how do you think of all that? The beer by the gallon they sell there, isn't that? That's fucking crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's that's wild. Uh, I was 
I've been, you know, told about it and what I would expect, but it didn't. <laughs> it didn't do it justice at all until I saw them all lining up on Sunday and <laughs> just milk jugs full of beer. Everyone's yeah. hands and every once in a while you'd see a spectator roll down the hill. They might have had a little bit too much milk there, but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was always great the end of the clean up the end of the day. It was like a another event. You get to watch the drunks come back down off the hill and that was always uh kind of the the highlight for the for the races at the end of the day, watching everybody try to get back down. <laughs> That's for sure. They definitely put on the, the after show. Uh yeah, they do. Um I was going to tell a story, but now I can't think of everybody's name in it, so I'm not going to tell the story from a couple of years ago. It was back in the 90s, man. Uh, Motor World 2, that, the guy that used to do Motor World 2, I don't know if you remember his name, Jerry something or other. Yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my but head. He, yeah, he was there for Devil's Staircase one year, and they were filming for Motor World 2, and at the end of the day, I remember they put had a skid steer and they he talked some girl into getting in the bucket and they put her up in the air in the bucket and she started ripping clothes off and stuff for the cameras and and it was <laughs> i mean i don't remember this as i was like 13 14 years old when this happened so you know 13 14 year old kid and see some girl stripping just so you get to so you kind of sticks in your brain sticks in your brain a little bit <laughs> oh, that's awesome yeah, but there was there was definitely some some wild stuff that happens there. Um, I don't really think you have anything like that. Any of the other events you go to where they definitely know where I know of it sells beer by the gallon. No, no, I can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some other cool events. Uh, do you plan on trying to defend your title next year, or you think running a full schedule would be a little a little tight for you coming from Montana? Um, it'd definitely be a challenge. Uh, it's kind of really just going to depend on what the schedule looks like and, uh, how much my work likes me, if I'm going to be able to get enough time off, but, uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do. I, I definitely love to be able to defend it, but, uh, regardless, I'll be at least at a few of the hill climbs next year out East. That's cool. That's great to hear. You got to try and bring some more Montana people with you. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to have both my brothers. Um, we can uh, spark up the rivalry over there. Yeah, that'd be cool. Seeing so, you know, all three of the Cardwells gone, and maybe you can uh, talk Austin into coming and doing a couple. Yeah, I talked to Austin and Tyler quite a bit uh, between uh, the first hill climb there in Pennsylvania at White Rose and uh, Oregon and or Oregonia at Devil's Staircase and. He was he was super excited. Uh, he thought it was really cool that I was out there riding. And I was trying to talk him into it, but uh, he he has a nitro four cylinder. He has a Jixer. Um, yeah. But it's in the process of being rebuilt, and I think if that thing was ready to go, I think we might have seen him there at Devil's Staircase as well. Yeah, that's cool. I'd like to see him. He's he's fast everywhere. Yeah, he's uh, he definitely has that mentality of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> winter crash we'll put it that way and yeah. uh, he definitely knows how to put on a show and he's a very talented rider and it's always it's always fun you know i grew up with him you know all throughout high school and we hung out a lot and we've ridden together a lot and you know we're really good friends yeah that that's cool i mean it seems like from what i can see like out there and billings like pretty much hill climbing is what people do yeah, that's for, I guess a lot of a lot of hill climbers in Billings, Montana. It seems like <laughs> there's there's no denying that fact. Um, we even had like a a club hill climb here in September that uh, it wasn't a part of a series or anything. It wasn't Rockwell, it wasn't Naha, and uh, we still had like 65 riders show up in the 450 class. So that's just oh. all local people from you know close in Wyoming, a ton from Billings and know surrounding areas and <laughs> there's uh definitely a lot of people that just love hill climbing right around this area yeah that's kind of cool gives me a little hope for the sport and stuff and i mean i see it starting to pick up again on you know the east coast amateur stuff and the stuff that naha does for amateur and definitely out your way like you watch like i follow the buildings motorcycle club facebook page and just see their events they have and the amount of people that turn out for 
just races they put on for to have a race and it's great to see that many people involved in the sport yeah it's uh the Billings Motorcycle Club I just they're they're just such an awesome uh an awesome group that I I'm just super happy to be a part of we have you know a lot of really cool stuff out there and a lot of infrastructure you know whether it comes from equipment watering systems uh, everything we pretty much have it all out here yeah, that's that's really cool. And I know I've spoke with. Uh, I bring this up a lot with everything and bringing a a true national series back, like we had in the twenties and the thirties, where, you know, it's one national hill climb series that travels the whole country and runs a lot. I know with there's no money involved, they're now feasible. But are you optimistic like me and think that the way things are going and looking like we may be able to get to that point at some time? I I believe so. Um, there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of push and a lot of momentum behind our sport right now. Um, the tough thing is we have you know there's four you know four main pro hill climb series throughout the U.S. and uh, it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of dividing everyone a little bit. Um, but I'm hoping you know someone can you know everyone's starting to come together and we've seen this with the Billings Motorcycle Club. Um, allowing, you know, the Moto Climb Super Series to be able to run one of their, uh, an event, you know, at the Motorcycle Club. And I think that just, that's just awesome traction. And uh, as well as they wanted to do, you know, kind of the U.S. shootout here in Billings as well that uh, unfortunately didn't happen. Um, but I think, you know, bringing everyone together is kind of the first step and getting a really true national series um, together where, you know, everyone's competing for the same thing. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, you know, my ultimate, you know, goal and, and dream for the sport is to have that happen. And hopefully I get to live long enough to see that happen. And we're definitely gaining the momentum with, you know, Indian coming on board and EBR with Logan and uh, involvements like that is just it's helping to grow the sport, I believe. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's it's really awesome to see um, just every, you know, these these manufacturers, they're not going to just sit back and let, uh, you know, Indian run the show. And I think that's why, you know, Buell stepped on board with EBR motorcycles. And um, I think it's not long before we see a couple more manufacturers, you know, jumping in, wanting, you know, to show that they're competitive as well. And Yeah, I hope so. And I, I think we'll get to that. I, I think it'll take a little bit of time, but I believe we'll get there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, well, we covered, we may see you at some East Coast stuff next year, and I'm sure you're probably going to try and hit most of the Naha stuff too next year, right? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, like I said, it really just depends on everyone's schedule. Um, it'll definitely be a lot of picking and choosing. Um, but I'm sure I'll, 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 of course, try and do all the ones close. Uh, yeah. You know, we have, we have like three or four, you know, pretty big hill climbs just in Montana, so um, definitely yeah. do those. Uh, kind of undecided, kind of depends on, you know, how my brother's schedules look and they're ready to go racing and everything, you know, that plagued us this year is over with, hopefully. Yeah, I, I got, I hope it's over with. And, of course, going to, going to doing a bunch of races, we all don't quite have it as uh, good with jobs as uh, Logan does there with the leniency he gets to go traveling as much as he does. <laughs> that's for sure i i can't complain too much my my work's definitely been uh great with with helping out with that um just depends on you know doing a full series next year uh i know rob was talking about like 12 rounds in ama um that's that'd be tough because i mean a lot of those are probably 20 hour drives you know each one so making that trip 12 times i don't know we'll see but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 12, that's that's the most we've had in a long time running. I know when I was running, we had, I think, 18 races my rookie year. Oh, wow. That that we ran, and that was, and they were, Minnesota was, Minnesota was the furthest west we went that year. What, the Red Wing? Yeah. It'd be really cool to be able to see, you know, AMA stretching out a little bit further, making maybe getting closer. <laughs> 
yeah, year, think... hopefully further out on the West Coast, I think, you know, with, with AMA, they're just, you know, they have pro motocross, pro supercross. They're just, they're such a huge entity that, uh, you know, I think they really have the power and the weight just in their name. Um, you know, that's why I was really excited. And that's why this championship means so much to me. You know, I've won a Rockwell championship before, but uh, it's just, it doesn't carry the same weight as an AMA pro no. championship. No, the AMA has been around for a hundred plus years now and promoting all forms of racing and hill climbing for a hundred years. So that definitely, uh, the AMA championships are the oldest of the series and the most prestigious of the championships that, you know, in my feeling, and I think in a lot of other racers, uh, viewpoints on it too. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, but it's, I don't think it takes away from any others, but like I said, I think it's really just the name and the prestige behind it. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of the, the other championships, um, I think they're just on par as far as, you know, difficulty and the actual rider skill and everything. But uh, I think it's oh, yeah, just the, sure. the name carries a lot of weight. Yeah, the name carries a lot. And all the other series are, I mean, it's, different forms of the same sport when you go out what you know they're all all four have different roles and configure their hills differently so it they're all just as good and you know i've never followed i've actually followed rockwell stuff a whole lot so i'm not sure of their roles i know they're totally different from naha and ama ama and naha roles are pretty similar similar in comparison as far as bikes but you know, the Rockwell stuff, I'm not real familiar with those. Yeah, Rockwell, uh, they're probably the strictest as far as rules go. Um, they don't allow nitro. They do allow alcohol, though, so you can run, you know, methanol. Um, but no steel either, so it's pretty much either rubber knobbies or rubber paddles. Um, and no nitro, but you can run nitrous in some of the classes, uh, just kind of depending. They used to have a lot more classes, uh, which was crazy. They used to have two open bike classes where one was called 601 to open. And uh, that was, you had to run a rubber knobby tire and you had to be, your wheelbase couldn't be greater than 66 inches. Um, so riding an open bike really short, uh, definitely, definitely, you know, help prove your, uh, your skill with throttle control and uh, <laughs> rider ability on a bike uh, cuz that was definitely tough. So they had that class as well as like a 0 to 600 class uh that had the same kind of rules a rubber knobby as well as 66 inches wheelbase. Uh, but they've kind of went away from those um to where mostly they're just 450, 700 and open uh class okay. now. Yeah, so it's kind of similar to Naha and how AMA used to be before we brought the twins class and combined the zero to 600 in the open classes yeah exactly um and the twins class i think that's it's just it's cool um you can see the support you know it's it's helped with the sport already uh just you know with indian and ebr coming on um <clears throat> but not as if uh ktm did <laughs> yeah. but, you know maybe maybe in the future here we'll see what we can do well they might you know carrie's got Kerry Peterson's got an ear in there with KTM out there. He's been, they've been supporting the Petersons for years now. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, I'd talked to him, and he was he was stoked to see uh, that I ended up with the championship on the KTM, and he definitely let all his friends at KTM know, and uh, was, you know, it's really cool to, you know, hopefully see that progress a little bit more and see if we can get more support. Yeah, I. I hope we do, and I think the Twins class will, will really help that out a lot. And maybe the other series will end up with a Twins-only class, too. Who knows? I know Twins are pretty prevalent out west, so. Yeah, seems that's like, for sure. Seems uh, like a lot of guys run the KTMs out there. Yeah, uh, the KTM V-Twins, they've, they've been really popular. Um, as well as, you know, some of the lesser ones you haven't heard about, like Aprilia. Um, I know Braden Henry rode uh, one at Devil's Staircase. He was uh, Logan Peterson's bike, I believe. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, just different different types of bikes to try and be light and try and be you know kind of narrow to feel more like a motocross bike. Is that's kind of why we went that route uh, when we were building you 
of these bikes. And uh, we bought our first KTM V-Twin in uh, like 2011, I believe. And my oldest brother, Sean, rode that. And uh, from there, you know, once I was finally old enough to ride an open bike, that's where uh, we set our focus and uh, getting. And so I've been riding that same um, bike since 2013, that KTM V-Twin, and had a lot of success on it. And uh, they're just awesome bikes. They have, you know, power everywhere. Yeah, for sure. They definitely seem like do, and it worked really well for you, and it's worked well for you everywhere. Yeah, that's it, it's it's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, Tyler, congratulations on your AMA Twins Championship. The uh, you get to you were the inaugural, the very first Twins champion. So that's something that's never going to be beaten by anybody. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. It's. <laughs> Like I said, I'm still on, still on cloud nine. A week later, uh, after taking home that win, and it's uh, definitely something I'll never forget. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Bud, and hopefully we get to hear more from you and see more great things from you in 2021. We'll be uh, keeping in contact and seeing what all comes about next year. All right. Thanks, Brandon. I I really appreciate it, and I can't wait to talk with you guys again. All right. All right, thank you, uh, Tyler. I will talk to you later, bud. All right, thanks. All right, later. Bye. All right, Sean, we have the... Let's end this episode here a little bit. I know you didn't get to hear the interview, so you're going to get to hear this when it hits the airwaves like everybody else. So I know you're kind of excited to hear what Tyler had to say. Oh, I'm excited. I'm uh, and intrigued. I want to really hear what he has to say, how he feels about the AMA circuit and the AMA Hills compared to the, the Naha series that he's used to running, like I said before. So I'm once this uh once it airs I'll be listening to it. Yeah, for sure, you know, and I listen to all of them too, you know. I like to just see how it comes out and and follow my own stuff and see how we can improve and make everything better as we wind down season one here um it's hard to believe that this was episode seven already uh i planned on doing 10 episodes for the season i think we're going to go a little bit over that here on season one and really looking forward to getting everything ready for season two and start out with 2021 fresh with new builds and possibly hopefully some new riders to get to talk to coming up in january of 2021 that'd be exciting here's some some new builds and see what people are up to over the over the winter break yeah for sure i'm definitely excited to hear about that but let's uh close up here for episode seven uh we had tyler tycat cardwell on and he had some great insight and really showed some positives and I'm glad to see how that's all how that's all coming about. You know, uh it was just he had a lot of good things to say and Tyler is definitely a great ambassador for the sport. Like you know, any rider that rides hill climbing is a great ambassador for the sport because you have to love this sport with all your heart to be part of it. Yeah. It's it's most riders, pretty much all the riders, they they ride with their, their heart on their uh, sleeve and they put a lot of passion into their bikes and a lot of passion into running up the hill. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Nitro fans, episode seven of Nitro Mud, we are done. Once again, I am your host, Brandon Cowboy Krieger, and my co-host, the Mad Piker, Sean Van Assen. And we are out for Episode 7. See you again in a week. Nitro. Nitro.
Nitro. Nitro.